When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, everybody wants to know, how is Trevor Lawrence? Literally, people were calling the station. Before we got back from the game yesterday, there were phone calls. People were like, Jamal, people are asking. They want to know if Trevor's knee is okay. Did you? Did they, did they know that you have a, a minor in uh, brain reading and uh, <laughs> medical and orthopedics? On the side, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, Doug Peterson gave everybody nothing uh, Monday as a follow up, just the day to day spiel. But hey, that's the most popular question in Jacksonville, and I think the um, the biggest thing is is when that injury happened in the game. Mm-hmm. You're up thirty four twenty, a little over three and change to go in the game. Why don't you just kneel the ball, run the ball, something or another? And I think that uh, where it happened in the game was a little bit more. Um, a little bit head-scratching on, on why Trevor's still in that game in that situation. Uh, oh, no, I, I definitely get that. I think I was telling you right before we walked in here, uh, they had that was part of the game plan. That play was a part of their four-minute offense. They had actually a couple of naked boots in there, it looked like. Um, <laughs> so, look, it, it, it's, it's a part of the game. Stuff happens. And we hate to guess about injuries, but you know, we might do a little guessing here. All right, so let's talk about this. So, short week for the Jaguars. Thursday night football against the New Orleans Saints, team with a decent enough defense, a shaky offense at this point. Um, But the Jaguars possibly have Trevor. And let's just say, for sake of conversation, the knee, I think Adam Schefter's reporting that it's a sprain considered minor, but because it is a bruise and a sprain to attend, or something to attend in, whatever, it's a combination kind of deal going on. But it's a sprain altogether. Let's just say he's 80%. Let's say he's 80%, right? So Jaguars offensive line had been shaky, and then mildly, it's it's been shaky. We've we've sat here and talked about this before. So now now let's compound on top of the shaky. So Walker Little is out. I don't want to say he's out. He's day to day. He probably ain't playing. And then Brandon Sheriff also left the Colts game. So at at best he's hobbled too. And keep in mind he already had a bad ankle and injured. Something I'm not no word on if it's the same ankle or not. So you possibly have you're possibly going to be putting your hobbled quarterback, even if he's 80 percent behind an offensive line missing two starters. Is it worth it at this point in the season? It, I think it's I think it's it's a tough call for that because yes, you want to build on that momentum. I, I think it's it really comes down to how do they feel with Trevor and his mobility. Um, you know what you're going to get out of that offensive line. Cam's coming back from his zone. Anton Harrison had a solid game at right tackle. Um, you've got maybe three-fifths of that line intact. If you're Trevor Lawrence at 80%, I still think you're probably good enough. Maybe lean a little bit more on Travis Etienne in that situation. But you get through that game if you're Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, and then you've got a little bit more of a break after that game. Um, but to me, if, if Trevor's 80% and that line is three-fifths intact, I think you probably go out and play him um, and C.J. Beathard maybe um, a backup. But Trevor's had some nasty-looking injuries in yeah. his time here in three years. Where, almost injuries. Almost injuries where there was a, a, 
I can't remember who it was, offensive lineman, stepped on Trevor's foot, yep. um, where his ankle, he left the game. Uh, there was a I think it was Walker Little. Walker Little, okay. There was a, a terrible play up in, uh, up in Detroit mm-hmm. last year. Um, turned into a toe. Turned like, into everybody a toe. thought it was the easy. It was a toe. Where and, and to me, it looked like even uh, in Cam Robinson's first game back when he tried to cut low on that uh, that block. I don't know if it was a screen play or something like that, and kind of left Trevor hanging out to dry. And how Trevor folded backwards was a little scary looking to me. So Trevor, for his part, has managed to avoid those injuries, even on those plays where he's had to leave the game. They looked a little bit frightening, uh, but for for knock on good wood measure he has managed to avoid those so let's hope that situation at this point it is just a knee bruise but you don't want that knee bruise to turn into something like you know Aaron Rodgers where he had an issue calf strain during training camp and that turned into maybe an Achilles injury Um, I don't want something like that to happen long term to Trevor so I think if he's 80 percent and he can move around a little bit you play him on Thursday I'm not normally in the camp of rest players midseason in the NFL just because it's such a wonky season, every game is so important, especially when you start talking about seeding and if you're going to get into the postseason and all these different things. But this is like a wonky part of the Jaguars' schedule because they have the Thursday night game, and then so they kind of look at that as like a mini-buy afterwards because mm-hmm. you don't play on Sunday, you get the extra days off. And then you have another road game, and then you have the actual buy. So the silver lining to any sort of banged-up Trevor Lawrence is that it happens right now. Right. So regardless of, like, if for whatever reason let's say it took three it's going to take three games or three weeks for him to get ready bye week Steelers game Saints game right so overall you only would miss two if he needed to miss three so it's right before the bye um so it's questionable how you manage this would I play him behind a bad offensive line only if he's ready to go. Like, if he's going out there with some, like, big clunky brace on, because we're, like, the, the doctors are legitimately concerned about the possibility of it getting worse, I don't know if I send him out there. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I Because if Brandon Sheriff can't go, that means you're going to have to put Blake Hance in. And Blake Hance played fine against the Colts, but, and this is no slight at Blake Hance, but. Brandon Sheriff has paid a lot of money to be a good guard, Mm -hmm. and he is one of the Jaguars' better offensive linemen. So if you lose him, and then Walker Little has been arguably the Jaguars' best consistent offensive lineman this season, he's already sidelined. So you have Tyler Shatley, who's all reliable in there at guard, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But the Saints are going to throw some stuff at you. Like, Mm -hmm. Dennis Allen is a solid defensive coordinator, a defensive mind. Their defense shut out the Patriots two weeks ago. Not that the Patriots' offense is any juggernaut, but, like, their defense is going to throw some stuff at you. The Jags have played some good defensive fronts this year. They have. They have played some good fronts. But if if Trevor's out there with one leg that looks like the Terminator, defensive coordinator is like, well, we're going to see if he can move, right? Especially if – like – Put your defensive coordinator hat on for just a second, all right? So you're the Saints defensive coordinator or play caller for their defense. Trevor rolls out there with one leg wrapped up in this big old brace, don't look like he can move, and they got two offensive linemen out. What's the first thing yeah, you're thinking? Absolutely. Knock him around. Push him back. I mean, so, I mean you're not, I'm not even talking about late hits, but you come in and you chip him a little bit. I mean, you're, you're, you're playing. You're pressure. Yeah, exactly. You're playing a guy who's on one and a half legs at this point. You want to chip him. You want to make him. I mean, it doesn't have to be that massive hit, but, I mean, Trevor's going to be. Make him show yeah, he can take it. He is going to be laboring a little bit with that leg. I mean, you're you're obviously not at full strength. At least it's not his plant foot um, and having to throw off that. But um, if you're Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I, I would want to be 
as uh, as healthy as possible going into this game. You're playing on turf. Again, mm-hmm. players hate playing on turf. Natural grass. We saw a great story from ESPN last week about that subject alone. Um, and, again, you're, you're playing on turf. Maybe two offensive line starters out of that game. Um, so, yeah, it's a little worrisome. But I think if Trevor can move, you're banged up all the time. We've seen Trevor have to overcome things. I mean, last year alone he had a couple scares. Um, he's had to overcome things. I think, I think if he is mobile enough to get out there, and this is what's been reported to maybe just be a bone bruise, then, yeah, you let him play. But it's a little worrisome that it's on turf. It's a little worrisome that he's going to have two offensive line starters uh, more than likely out of this game. And But I think if Trevor Lawrence can still move around in the pocket, you encourage Trevor to take a sack a little bit easier, a little bit sooner. Well, that's what Doug said, too, on that play. He didn't have a problem with the play call. He had a, he didn't directly say it, but it sounded like he had a problem with the way Trevor played. Right. Trevor extended the play, ended up taking a longer loss, made it a harder field goal, subjected himself to the hit rather than just saying, oh, it didn't work, they sniffed it out, we're in the lead and it's a chip shot field goal, I'm going to go down. Yep eat this sack and live to fight another play. Um, I think Doug tried to, to spread that blame out. I, I don't think he was too happy with Trevor losing 17 on that play. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're in a situation like that, yes, us, as coaches, we got to call better plays. But our, we expect our players to you got to have some situational awareness. Right, you got to have that. you I, you got to know at times, like, the play is dead. There's no reason to fight this. Let's, let's kick the field goal. The game's well in hand. Uh, live to go on. But I, I understand why people are frustrated or confused about the play call. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Before every Jaguars drive late in, the, or late in the game, I kept looking trying to see if C.J. was warming up because the game felt so well in hand right. for so long. And I was like, there's a Thursday night game right around the corner. Get Trevor out. Get Travis out. Let Tank eat some reps. I, and I understand the NFL is such a close game. And the game wasn't like quite lopsided. It just right. felt like the Jaguars were in control. They that had a little bit of a, the Colts had a little bit of that. Are we dead yet? Kind yeah, of play at the they, end of that they, game. So they yeah, stayed just close enough that you weren't real comfortable in pulling people. And I understand that because it, the last thing you want to do as a coach is start pulling guys, and then you got to get them right. all together and put them back in. Like, oh, oops, messed up. Let's go, guy. You know. So so I understand why he was still in the game. Um, so I, I like I don't have a problem with what Doug Peterson was doing. I just was, I was just keeping an eye out to see because on a short week before a Thursday night game, you think about those things like can you get a guy some extra rest? Um, didn't happen. Look, I, Trevor doesn't seem to have a major injury. Um, he went through an MRI today. Right now they're saying day to day. Like I said, Schefter uh, is reporting a, a knee sprain, which is a minor injury on the scale of things. Um, the only reason I think we're even having the question of if he'll go this week is because it's Thursday night. It's Thursday night, yeah. I think yeah. if this was a Sunday game, you may sit Trevor one one day in practice, let CJ get those reps, and you ease Trevor back in on Wednesday and uh, go forward. But I just don't – with it being a short week, that's my cause for concern. You know, what cause I have for concern is because this game has moved up three days on the, the, the scale of things. So, yeah, that's a little bit of cause for concern. But I do think if Trevor – has that mobility back by Wednesday when they get back out on the practice field or um, you know, Tuesday since it's such a weird week, uh, Tuesday when he's out there on the practice field and stuff. I think if Trevor can move, I think that's a, that's a sign he, uh, he's going to play. I, know I do want to point something out because I've thought about this too. Um, so for all the folks that said, oh, Trevor was playing better at the end of last season than he's played so far this year. Oh, he was playing so well, blah, 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 blah. Now keep in mind, 
after that that injury scare in Detroit, Trevor never practiced on Wednesday the rest of the year. <laughs> he had every Wednesday off. They put him on the injury report, didn't DNP. He practiced the rest of the week. He was fine. We knew he'd go on Sunday, but he didn't practice on Wednesdays. And I've there's a part of me that wondered if that rest day helped him that much because that was part of like that you know, oh, well, I changed my perspective after London. Oh, we got blown out in Detroit, and all of a sudden the light comes on. And part of that light was he was resting on Wednesday. He was healthy by the end of the year, by the playoff run, and Doug kept resting him on those Wednesdays. I don't know if Doug's just superstitious enough that he left it going or what. Hey, but that's I love it. I love it. Veterans get those breaks. Yeah, uh, you so, know, in, in training camp and stuff like that, nice to see that carry over the regular season. But, yeah, I don't – don't put any unusual wear and tear on him, unnecessary wear and tear on him. Right. I think Trevor's that guy where, yeah, he can take a day take a day off during the week. And, you know, the one thing that the guy said it was like he was still out there. CJ was doing all the throws in those Wednesday practices, but Trevor would be right behind him and it would go and then talk to the receivers about the depths of their routes and where he wanted them. And I, the part of the – now, the reason I brought that up is because I had thought about this previously when we kept saying, ah, the offense is off coach. And I'm like, well, what happened toward the end of the last year that changed? I said, well, maybe those days off did make that much of a difference. Like the guys have talked about Trevor's leadership and his ability to talk to the receivers about exactly how he wants them to do things. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's standing there, somebody else is doing the throws, what can he do the entire time? Time they're right. practicing. Coach, he, coach, he, now he, he, yeah, you're right there. He goes and coaches Christian Kirk on exactly where he wants him to be on this throw. He can do the same thing for Zay and so on and so forth. And look, maybe that was something that was making a difference at the time, and they and they haven't been doing it. Maybe this gets them back to doing it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. You know, uh, it's it's just a thought as you kind of start searching for those where 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 is that. I, I guess I don't know that spark, that it that they had on the offense in that stretch last year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Trevor. It, it'll definitely be an interesting conversation, at least this week, about what do you do with him. And then even next week in Pittsburgh, if right. this thing kind of lingers around. Uh, but overall, he's dodged a major injury, which right. is good. Absolutely. And and he has been very fortunate. And I go back to the injuries, the scares where he's had on the field. I, I go back to the Lions game last year. Uh, for instance, he got yanked out at halftime. And um, you have those situations where – Aaron Rodgers kind of situation where it could easily have been something like that. Maybe if it was a, you know, a situation where they were playing on turf yesterday and um, he's tackled like that and goes down, it's, your, your foot sticks in a little bit more and you have a more severe injury. So Trevor, for whatever reason, he's managed to dodge all these significant major injuries, knock on wood. During his career, you mm-hmm. are fortunate that he dodged another one uh, against the Colts in week six. So, uh, I, again, I, I think you put Trevor out there. I mean, Doug Peterson is not going to put Trevor out there if he's not uh, – doesn't think he can he can compete and win that game. So, I don't think you're going to sacrifice long-term outlook with Trevor and this team to win a Thursday night football game. I think you'd lean right. on C.J. Beathard in that, in that moment and, and say, hey, get us a win, C.J. C.J.'s not the best backup quarterback. I mean, he's 2-10 and 10 in games he started, mm-hmm. so uh, that's, not a, uh, that's not a great measure of a, of a quarterback. But – I think Jacksonville is much better around Trevor and CJ as a whole than uh, than CJ is as a as an individual player. But I think Trevor plays on Thursday night. So let's just say, for sake of conversation, see they do have to roll with CJ. They they ultimately say the knee needs rest, and they roll with CJ Beathard. Uh, like you mentioned, he doesn't have the best record as a mm-hmm. starter, and uh, in most people's opinions, NFL wins are a quarterback stat. Um, but CJ has started games in the NFL. He's been around for a little bit. And the one thing you can say, like, there are very few coaches 
where you can make a solid argument. I don't know that there's a better guy in the NFL that could get a backup quarterback ready to go than Doug Peterson. I mean, he's been there, mm-hmm. did that as a player. And then this is the same guy that also won a Super Bowl with his backup quarterback, who just so happened to be Nick Foles, who we saw what happened when they handed the keys to the offense to him here in Jacksonville and other places. It, it's, so, it's, just, it's crazy to me when you talk to Doug Peterson or hear another NFL coach talk about injuries to players and stuff like that. It's it's almost yeah it's unfortunate but it's it's truly is next man up there's no heart there's no lingering there's no woe is me there's no this is a, a awful break we're not going to be able to recover from it it's next man up you saw it with Sala in, in New York you've seen it with Doug Peterson before when you've lost players um, so again I think if you're forced to start C.J. Beathard it'll be fine um, as long as there's no long term to Trevor but it's just amazing to me how nonchalant Doug Peterson is about injuries. Well, this is, you know, next man up, next guy up. Um, yeah, we'll have CJ ready to play kind of thing. So um, he's either a great poker player and uh, crying behind uh, closed doors or uh, he really truly fl- believes that. I think there's a little bit of the poker face. Yeah. There's definitely <laughs> some of it. I mean, you can't go up there and then say, ah, well, the season's over, guy. You know, so um, I, th- I think there's definitely a little bit of that poker face there. All right, so Trevor wasn't the only guy hurt. We mentioned uh, Brandon Sheriff right. also being injured. I guess this podcast has almost turned into an injury update at this <laughs> point. Uh, Tyson Campbell, he's the other starter uh, that was also injured, left the game, hamstring injury. Doug Peterson has basically said that doesn't look like he's going right. to play on Thursday. That hamstring needs time, needs rest. This is a short week. So, with Tyson out, Jaguars cornerbacks are under a microscope because somebody's got to step up. Right. And we talked a lot about him. The Trent Balky has invested draft picks year after year. I mean, two draft picks each year trying to get these guys. Problem is, Greg Jr.'s on IR. Right. Christian Braswell's on IR, so that's two. That's half your draft classes right there. Eric Hallett's on the practice squad, so maybe him. Uh, but Buster Brown is the other guy. He stepped up into the mm-hmm. starting lineup on Sunday. Uh, we've seen a little bit of Buster here and there, uh, but probably going to have to play a bigger role. Yeah, and you know he's a guy I did not have making my initial fifty-three, and he he did make that. And um, Greg Jr. I texted you a couple weeks ago, Jamal, and said, "Hey, I'm sitting here at uh, first watch eating breakfast, and Greg Jr.'s right uh, right at the table across from me." So I thought that was funny. The Jaguars in London, Greg Jr. was there. I tempted to go up and ask him how how soon he was going to be back because that potential that we saw of Greg Jr. is really tantalizing when you when you look at longer term. And this would be a great situation for Greg Jr. to step in, but he's off the board. So yeah, you are going to see a Monteric Brown in there. You're going to see Buster in there playing. Um, and it's disappointing to me that this Tyson. Injury came at this time because the defense has just turned a corner. Um, Darius Williams is playing lights out. The defense three uh, picks on Sunday against the Colts. Um, it just so good. So the unfortunate situation is Tyson's got a hamstring. These hamstring injuries can linger. I mean, Greg Jr. has been on IR since uh, week one with the hamstring injury. These hamstring injuries can linger. So that, to me, is a more worrisome at this point than that Trevor knee bruise or knee contusion, whatever he has. Uh, but, yeah, that defense had been playing so well uh, in the back end. I mean, Andre Sisco and Darius Williams is coming into his own. Um, so disappointing to see Tyson with that injury. You just don't know how long that can last. Hamstrings are like ankles. Those mm-hmm. things can linger and linger into the offseason. So you hope that Tyson can can fight through this. Uh, Buster Brown can can get in there and uh, hold down the fort while he is down. That's why you draft those guys. That's why you yeah. draft them and develop and and uh, Monteric is a guy that has progressed and improved, and they feel comfortable throwing him out there. 
Keep in mind, Braswell also on injured reserve right. with a Hammy. hamstring yeah, injury. So hamstrings are, are spreading like the flu through the Jaguars' DB room. Uh, so with Tyson down, yeah, they got to turn the keys over to Buster. He started some games last year as a rookie that got his feet wet a little bit. Didn't play awful. Was nothing really to write home right. about either. Um, got his feet wet a little bit against the Colts. Didn't play terrible. Did give up a little bit. Um, but, look, I, I, he's a guy that they liked. They've liked enough to keep around at times. I think during training camp, didn't have the splashiest of camps, right. but he was a consistent figure around uh, some of the upper depth chart people. That shows a little bit of confidence that the Jaguars have in him. But there's another guy who's hanging around, Tavon Campbell, mm-hmm. who is an interesting one to me. Uh, he's a veteran guy. Been there, done that. Last year, he, him and Buster were like splitting time right. as starters. Remember that yep. when they kept like rotating them? Campbell had a little bit of a splashier training camp, yeah, like pre slash preseason. Right, but it he just couldn't finish the plays. Right, he kept jumping these routes and was and like easy picks. You know, he was there, but then he'd drop it. Right, so it, it'll be interesting to see if they do roll with Buster on the short week, or if maybe they they try and get Tavon in there. Um, but I think Buster's a guy that has some potential that they've liked. Um, so we'll see. Definitely a downgrade from Tyson Campbell because he's just been yeah, playing phenomenal absolutely. football. And so. you look at, I mean, you look at getting back to this point in the season where you hope to see Antonio Johnson creeping back into that mix. Um, yeah, he'd been on the injured list for what felt like the entire season up until recently, until him coming off. So you got to hope that some of these guys with the new injuries, uh, the the rash of injuries that have kind of popped up, you hope Devon Hamilton is back in the mix within the next two games. Um, you like to see him. Dewan Smoot is back. Uh, he played well on, on Sunday in his return to action. Um, he was not on a pitch count at all. So you hope that with some of these injuries that are ebbing and flowing, that a guy like a Greg Jr. could come off as Tyson goes on to kind of help offset some of that. So, again, people who were so down on the Jaguars through the first month of the season have kind of felt like talking them down from a ledge because you have not seen a full Jaguars lineup at any point this season. Got a little little taste of that with uh, Walker Little coming back last week. Uh, and He was injured and banged up. And so the defense has been kind of a turnstile with some of these guys coming in and out. Um, the offense has had some losses, especially on that offensive line. So I'll be glad when Jacksonville can actually put a full roster out that they expected, whenever that comes this season. You just hope that as guys get healthy, there's nothing else major that pops up so you can finally see that full picture. Because there have been so many revolving pieces around the team on offense mm-hmm. and defense. I think we've gotten to the point, though, where we've seen a, n- a large enough sample size where I think it's we have to like zone in on this defense and say, look, they're good, right? Like oh, they're yeah. they're flat out good. I mean, I I know we didn't have high expectations because of the questions around the pass rush and the questions on if they could do it because turnovers can be so fluky at times. But there's no way around it. Whatever Mike Caldwell's <laughs> vision for this group is, look, it it worked. It, it it's it's there. So now you you have to start expecting like. Okay, going to New Orleans and you're going to hold a team with an up and down fluky offense to 15 points right. maybe. So okay, so the Jags need to score 20 and they walk out winners. You you have to start expecting that to where when those bad games happen, the Houston Texans, right. a couple of fluky plays, um, or mis- miscommunication plays, that you, then you point the finger. We can't keep saying, look, this defense is oh, so like I think this defense is good enough where they should be able to survive 
missing Tyson, even if he is such an integral piece. They, yeah, they look good. And that, again, I think you you attribute that to guys like Andre Sisco, a draft and develop guy who's come in and played. And that's why it's so disappointing that Devon Hamilton has missed six games of the season because he was the best player in training camp. Another draft and develop guy. Guys that have come into their own. Uh, but again, I mean, the, those Angelo Blacksons has played well. Ledbetter has played well. Um, your corners have played extremely well. Darius Williams, three straight games with a pick. I mean, there has been so many guys kind of pulling the load and picking up the weight. Josh Allen's seven sacks this season. Just remarkable playing from guys who have had to step up. I mean, the pass rush has been you know, the, the sore spot of the season. But here, again, on the flip side of that, we're talking about 15 turnovers forced, which is the, the league lead. That's just amazing. So, again, the ebbs and flows of this season – uh, it, they the ebbs yes of course the the pass rush hasn't been there but the turnovers have kind of come up um, and sprouted up yeah the, the injuries have kind of perked up here and there but you've got replacements that have come in and mm-hmm. and played quality minutes and, and given time so um, the things uh, the the ups and downs with the Jaguars I think have balanced themselves out it will be nice to see some of these guys getting back in the lineup and um, you know even yeah I mean even on against the Colts I mean you get a guy like Darius Johnson coming in and making a big run in the game uh, yesterday when he needed to his number was called on so you got guys that are stepping up seizing their moments um, just hope that these injuries to guys like a Tyson or Devon are not long-term injuries that kind of linger around it I mean I, I, at the earliest for seeing a full picture it's after the bye week oh yeah it, at, at the absolute earliest it's the San Francisco game. I I would be – Devon's not playing this week. Yep. I mean, maybe, maybe next week. But it, it's a lot more likely if you're going to see Devon soon, you see him for the 49ers game right. after the bye. A little bit more time, let him get some practice reps. Uh, Walker Little, look, he's going to miss – he needs time. That's, that's a healing injury. He's not back out on the practice field yet. So, at the earliest, again, probably – after the bye week. And I still you think know? that's fine, though, because you get to I, – I think – I mean, the bye week comes at a perfect time, week nine. You've got this long week. To me, this is – it's a short week, but it's also a long week on the back end of that with the Jags getting back. You've got to – you're going to have a Sunday free. You're going to have a Saturday free for the Jags. So, that's – that is nice. It's it's kind of the double-edged sword because, yeah, it's a quick turnaround. But the flip side of that is you get it built into the backside of that, and then you got a Steelers game, and then, oh, by the way, you got the bye week. So. Right. I think this season has broken down compartmentally about as well as possible for Jacksonville with the, the trip to London coming at the perfect time, the bye week, a beautiful setup in how things have gone injury-wise um, with a lot of these guys. I mean, you're going to be getting getting a lot of these guys back, knock on wood, in week 11 of the season or week 10 of the season. Uh, the Walkers, hopefully the Tysons, those guys, and kind of built for that stretch run, one if run, if you will, and maybe that San Francisco game is kind of that target date for some of these guys. That's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, and that's a tough game for for them by far. Even though we did just see San Francisco lose last week, so we'll see. But that that's a tough game, and but that could be the first time if everything stands as is. I think that's the first time we see the full picture. You know what game scares me is the Texans game. Going to Texans. I mean, they have been Man. unbelievably yeah. competitive and good this year. They I mean, are. they're right on Jacksonville mm-hmm. in that AFC South, and this is with a rookie quarterback, another guy, Will Anderson, high pick in the draft. I mean, this team is good, 
in I I thought just complete reloading season. I mean, new head coach, rookie quarterback, um, and the Texans have completely surprised me. That game where it falls in the season could be another one that's for first place in the AFC South. It's unreal how quickly the Texans have gotten things going. Man, that first year coach stuff. I'm telling you, it, it is it is a real thing. Coaches in their first year, there's just some magic to it. Urban there's, Meyer, Urban oh, Meyer, oh for instance. <laughs> but I think legitimately, there's some right. magic to it. Doug Peterson's first year last year kind of changed things. I don't want to point to him necessarily because they've stabilized and carried over. But you look at a Minnesota team, right? Last year, first year head coach, they changed what they did philosophy wise. The players, personnel were all put in different mm-hmm. positions. All of a sudden, they're clicking. This year, not so much. Now right. all, everybody's talking about tear the whole thing down <laughs> and, and 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 rebuild it from scratch. It happens. I mean, there you can look around the league. The Falcons did it when they had Dan Quinn first took over. First-year head coach took over. All of a sudden, it, and it starts working, and then it stopped. And that happens in a lot of places. There's something to it. Now, the question is, do they have enough juice where they can knock off the Jags? And they are the team that you got to be the most worried yeah, about in the I, AFC I'm South. stunned that it's it's – gotten that way that quickly yeah i mean cj stroud is is on pace for rookie of the year honors he looks like the real deal um and he's going to be there for a while you mm-hmm. know I, I thought anthony richardson would be the quarterback in the afc south the rookie quarterback in the afc south to kind of step there um and take that step forward and you saw he it looks good when he, he looked good he looked good in, in week one but you're you're hearing rumblings of maybe him being out for the entire year mm-hmm. shoulder patient shoulder surgery so um cj stroud remarkably poised and confident this early in his career for the Texans, and that's going to be a rivalry, uh, CJ against Trevor, for years and years to come, hopefully. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of conversations for those Panthers folks as they watch CJ throw touchdowns. So, yeah, Jaguars are going to have some problems with that. We'll see what the Texans really have as they kind of get closer to it. All right, so the game's on Thursday. You, you want to go ahead and pick it today? Yeah, I, let's, think, let's, I think we let's, do. Let's go I think ahead do. and do it. All right, so this is a tough one. Um I think this quand this this trio of games is is a dangerous spot, and even Foyer Lewican kind of talked about it today, where you know nobody is full go for Thursday night games. He said the team that wins is the team that handles the lead up to the week the best because these games normally players start to feel their best on Thursday, and he he said you just try and get mm-hmm. to where that adrenaline can take over and you can go. All right, so with that said, keep in mind I do still count in. The trip back from London kind of takes a toll. Right. Uh, they did just win the game, and then on a short week. So who you got? I'll let you go first. I'm going to say the Saints. I mean, the. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to say the Jaguars. You know, the Saints are in a similar situation. They played Sunday. Yep. Um, you got to turn around. Yes, it's a home game for the Saints, but and yeah, maybe the London stuff, the fatigue, kind of catches up to you at this point. But I think. Uh, Jacksonville, with how that defense has been playing, unless they come out and lay an egg, I mean, the Saints' offense is disjointed. It's not a high-scoring group. you got Jameis Winston back there. Um, I mean, Derek Carr, I mean, we, we don't know what his situation is. I mean, there's been he's been banged up. There's just not been a lot of cohesion um, in that Saints' offense. So, I think Jacksonville, I'm going to lean on the defense again. This is a defensive team right now. I think Travis Etienne runs the ball well. Um, and even if you got a Trevor that's 75 80%, I think the way the defense has been playing, it's enough. I think Jacksonville 24-17. I'll, I'm going to roll with you here. I think we're going to agree on this one. I think the Jaguars are going to eke one out. I think it's going to be a dirty, 
nasty kind of game. Perfect. I mean, when you think Thursday night football, I think sloppy. I think low scoring. Like somebody scores a touchdown, give it to them. You know, I, that's what I think. And I, I think this is going to be that exact kind of game, specifically because the Saints are at a point in their build where their defense is pretty right. good, veteran group. They can hold teams down, but their offense is meh. Yeah, at best. Um, So I I don't think they're going to put up a bunch of points. I do think the Jaguars are going to go into it. Not sure whether Trevor's going to go or not, but I think regardless, you go in a little conservative. You try and keep it on the ground, play to your defense who's been playing out of their minds. Um, So I think it's going to be one of those knockdown, dirty kind of games. It's going to go into the fourth quarter like 10 to 6. Final score is going to be like. I figure it might be first to seventeen wins this thing. <laughs> uh, like uh, legitimately, I think I think I'm gonna give you. I'll give you Jags win it. Okay. I think it's gonna be seventeen ten. Okay. I think it, that's it. Doug Peterson seven and zero in Thursday night football games. Six and zero with the Eagles. He got the one win last year with the, the Jags over the Jets and during that late season run. Uh, the Jags historically not a good team on Thursday night. Six and nine all time in Thursday night games. But I do think they've got enough in the tank, especially because that defense. They have played some good defensive teams early on this season, defensive fronts with Buffalo. They've seen the Colts and DeForest Buckner twice. Uh, they've played some good defensive fronts. So uh, I do think Jacksonville will, will win in a – I don't think it's as low scoring as your as your prediction is, but I do think it's a, I do think it's kind of a battle of attrition in this game. And, yeah, two tired teams coming on a short week, and Jacksonville could be uh, even more tired from uh, the, two t- the, the 10 days in London. But I do think they do enough defensively to hold the Saints out. All right, when we agree on the pick, we got to give something else to split it up. All right, give me a key player in the game. I'm going to say uh, – man, I, I'm going to say Darius Williams. Um, fourth game a, with a pick? Fourth, fourth game in a row? I'm going to say uh, fourth game with a pick. Oh, uh, man. All right. So I, I think Darius Williams are going to be putting some pressure on him. Three games in a row with a pick for him. Um, and I, I, I'm going to lean Darius Williams. All right. I'm, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, if he gets a fourth game in a row with an interception, now that's impressive. That is. Now we're Creekside. getting somewhere. Pride of Creekside. Pride of Creekside. All right. Uh, I'll give you a different guy. How about I go with an offensive player since you went defensive? The easy answer would be Travis Etienne uh, just because they. I think they're going to try and keep it on the ground, but I'm not going to do that. Won't go the easy right. route. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. Okay. Um, so... Calvin Ridley's probably going to see a heavy dose of Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, it's just my expectation right now. Lattimore is a guy that Ridley knows well from that rivalry with the Falcons when mm-hmm. he was there. Uh, so we'll see. He may be kept relatively quiet on his terms, but you know he, the way he's made an impact in games goes beyond the box score, drawing pass interference calls, doesn't get recorded anywhere, but it moves the, moves mm-hmm. the ball down the field. Uh, but I think Christian Kirk has an opportunity – to take advantage of his matchup a little bit. And the other part of it is if Trevor Lawrence is banged up or if CJ has to go, somebody has to work those short and intermediate routes. And Christian Kirk excels in that area. So if you're trying to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands quickly, you go to Christian Kirk. Yeah. So he's there played you go. well. He's played well. That's he's been the uh, the safety valve this year more than it. more than even an Evan Ingram to me. So Christian is he was quiet in week one, but he's found ways to contribute every week since then. And that's why that's my guy. So you got an offensive guy and a defensive guy. We both think the Jaguars are going to walk away winners. Right now, we're tied for the lead right. in our uh, in our picks right four now. Four and two apiece. So I picked up one against the Bills. 
Uh, I need to pick up another one somewhere along the line so I can move out front. We'll see where I can do that at. Uh, but we'll keep you updated on that. Hey, thanks for checking out the News for Jacks podcast, and we'll see you. <laughs>